This podcast is brought to you by the Trillium Awakening Teachers Circle. To find out more about how to grasp the means of your own awakening, visit our website at www.trilliumawakening.org. Okay, so paradox. Um, just say to start with, one of the things I absolutely love about the Trillium work is it absolutely gets to the bottom of paradox very fast. It's like it puts paradox right at the slap bang in the middle of the work, which I love. Um, I've been thinking a lot about paradox. Partly the talk I gave uh, last year was all about the paradox of the here and now, and I have talked a bit about that. And also my partner's writing an article for the Ramana Mahashi um, newsletter at the moment on paradox. So I've actually nicked quite a lot of his ideas, but he's happy with that. He's okay with that. So a long time ago, um, early in my spiritual path, I heard that Buddhist temples in Japan sometimes have these big fierce demons on either side of the gate and they represent confusion and paradox and they're the guardians of the, t- of the truth inside the temple. And I, I've always loved that idea. Uh, but just in preparation to doing this talk, I looked it up online just to make sure I'd got my facts right on it. And um, I actually found this article by someone who said that the guardians of the truth ought to be angels, not demons. But the fact is that paradox is a demon. I mean, our, our logical, sensible minds do not like paradox very much. So paradox is a bit of a dragon. Um, and in a sense, wanting to understand is often a direct reaction to coming across something that's paradoxical and confusing. And I love understanding things. I've always loved to understand things. I'm a great understander. However, as a Westerner, my mind doesn't like paradox at all. So for about 400 years, since the age of enlightenment, we've been assuming that the way to truth is through nice logical order reason scientific method um, and that this would be somehow the the course for human advancement ahead of intuition and um, belief or personal experience and that brought with it the sort of cultural baggage that if it's true it must be comprehensible by logic and reason And if it can't be proven that way, it's often discounted. And that's very much the world I live in. I'm a social scientist and a researcher, so my day-to-day job is very much in that world of reason and understanding and wanting things to be explained rationally. There's a a lovely definition of paradox, which is that it's it's when something seems contradictory, unbelievable, absurd, that might actually be true, particularly if you take it at a different level to the one at which it's appearing. So in Trillium, paradox is very central to our um, to the work, and very much to do with the fact that you know, on one hand, we as human beings we find ourselves very limited by our bodies, our thoughts, our emotional reaction to things, and the messy reality of day-to-day life. But on the other side, Part of us exists totally outside these limitations 
and free and unbounded as consciousness in touch with the cosmos. And Samuel named this the core wound, but we often call it the core paradox or the core mystery. And we experience it many different ways, perhaps growing up with a sense of not rightness. Somehow we are more than the person we seem to think we find ourselves to be. And we glimpse those more than moments from time to time in nature, perhaps, or when we fall in love or when we go on a retreat. And we might stay with the more than for a little while, for a few hours or a few days or a few months even. But eventually, somehow, normal reality seems to come back and we lose that sense of that expanded self. And then we believe there's something wrong with us because we can't stay there all the time. And we see spiritual teachers who seem to be living in that amazing space all the time. And indeed, they might tell us that we could too, if only we follow their practice or their example. However, we don't often see them off stage dealing with a sloppy teenager or with their tax returns. So we have to take their word for that. I mean, the reality as we face in Trillium is that we have to move out of the mind that we're either this or that, or a failed human being rather than or an enlightened being. We have to confront the fact that we're both simultaneously. Of course, clever mind can fool us, but we, we've grasped this. Um, I was introduced to the idea of paradox very early on. I was a follower of Rajneesh, Osho Rajneesh, and he used to contradict himself cheerfully and merrily all the time. And if, we, if anyone asked him about it, he said, well, that's the way it is, you know, life is constantly contradicting itself and it helps you out of your mind. And Zen Cohen's work that way too. It faces us with a sort of totally paradoxical question like what is the sound of one hand clapping that we can't actually answer through logical reasoning. I just want to quote a little bit from the orientation course um, and, and this is from the section on landing in the core wound. Says this juxtaposition of very different aspects creates a rub or tension at the core that you mistakenly interpret as your being wrong or bad or unworthy. But it's only the paradoxical condition of your divine and human nature as yet unrecognized. And this paradox is a prime mover of all experience and human behavior because it drives the search for an answer to the problem of your existence. The core wound, the core paradox, does not need to be fixed, but only brought into full awareness. So for me, and I, I think it is different for everyone, or many different ways of getting at this, but I, I had to really get, not understand paradox, or understand that everything is paradoxical, but really drop into a level of consciousness that was beyond my identity, either as a failed spiritual sequel or as a spiritual being. It was going beyond both. And this for me was the other level which, at which the apparent paradoxical or contradictory facts became resolved as part of a greater truth. Other people may experience the shift or jump very differently. It might be an awakening sense of abiding love that somehow binds the two sides together, or it might be a deep silence or an infinite expansiveness. So I guess everyone has their own route to that other level beyond the paradox. But the great thing about having embraced, once we've embraced the big one, the ultimate paradox, is that everyday paradoxes also seem to get a little easier to deal with. So 
you know, the question of should I do this or should I do that? Or was I wrong to say this to that person or was it right? Or is this person or politician a good or a bad person? These are all day-to-day um, -day paradox that we, we, can, we can somehow live easy, more easily with, especially if we then just take time to drop back into that place that we begin to learn about or have confidence in where the beyond the paradox, that other level. And then somehow, very often, these day-to-day -day paradoxes just resolve, a new insight arises or a new path emerges and that we can move on beyond that paradox that we're somehow struggling with or confronting. Of course, as we move in on, we then move into the next level of paradox and another paradox, and then we can embrace that one as yet another pointer to that other space. So it's like the paradox, whenever we confront that paradox, it's like a reminder to just go a little deeper, to drop back and experience it from another level. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. The musical accompaniment is Awaken by Wayne Kington. To learn more about Wayne and his music, visit www.waynejosephkington.com.